Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. I miss you so much. I wish that we could be together in one another's presence, but I'm so thankful today um, to have the opportunity to bring God's word to you wherever you're at today, whether it's in your home, in your living room, maybe you're listening in your car, driving somewhere, maybe you're still in bed this morning. Well, sit up, okay? Sit up in your bed. Let's listen. Let's get connected. Let's be intentional. Let's not just have another Sunday morning. Let's make this one count. Amen? All right. Well, as you can probably tell by now, I am not Pastor John, and before anybody gets concerned, um, he's still doing great. He is recovering. This just so happens to be Pastor John and Kaya's wedding anniversary weekend, and so they are um, away for a few days, and if there's any time at all that they ever deserved to have some fun and some relaxation, it is right now. Can I get an amen from the church? So we're happy that they're away. I'm sorry if you're disappointed at not seeing Pastor John here this morning, but I promise you, uh, we serve the same God. We talk to the same God. So he's downloaded a message to me just like he would have to Pastor John this morning. And I'm so excited, you guys, to deliver the word of God. It's been a while um, since I've seen you, been able to be with you, and this is the closest that I get to be today. And so I do believe that I have a word from the Lord for us, the Building Christian Fellowship, and anybody else who's jumped on here this morning um, to listen. So I do need you to kind of like hang in there with me, okay? Because what I want to talk to talk to you today about is something that a lot of people, I think, especially right now in this season, might think, well, that's, that's nice, Jenny. I, I would like to have what you're talking about, but I don't really need it right now. But I want to convince you that it is something that you need, that it is something that we need to be serious about today, okay? So give me a little leeway here as we get started. Um, I... I, I there's a lot of things in my life that I want and would be nice to have, right? Like, it'd be nice to have a new house, right, everybody? But I don't necessarily need a new house. Um, it'd be nice. I'm just saying to have, a, you know, maybe a bigger diamond in my ring, you know. It'd be nice. But I don't necessarily need it. In fact, I know I don't need it. There's a lot of things that are in our lives that we um, would be nice to have, We don't necessarily need it. And I think that the church has taken an attitude towards the subject we're going to talk about this morning um, that same way. Like, it'd be nice, but I don't really need it. And what I want to talk to you guys today about is joy. And some of you, I know what you're thinking right off the bat. Like, really, Jenny? Joy? Do you know what I'm going through right now? Like, have you heard? There's a pandemic happening in our world right now. Not just our state or our city, or our nation. It's happening in the world right now, Jenny. And you want to talk to me about joy? Like, it'd be nice to have some joy, but I don't really need it right now. Like, I need you to talk to me about faith, or I need you to talk to me about being strong in the Lord, or I need you, I'm going to tell you something this morning. God is very serious about joy. He is very serious when it comes to talking about joy. And the joy I'm talking about, okay, it's not this feeling or an emotion. 
A lot of times that what, that's what we associate joy with is a excitement, a happiness, all of that. But there's something more. There's a real joy. I don't want to get ahead of myself this morning. So let's, let's dig in together, okay? So I used to think that joy was something that I got based on whatever my circumstances were, right? Like, how many of you felt a lot of joy, those of you that married couples, on your wedding day? Like, man, when the birth of your first child, like, joy. You know, when I finished my degree and graduated from college, that is joy. Buying a new car, joy. But how many of you know, you know, giving birth to that first child, like, I'm sure that's a euphoria you can't even explain until you go multiple nights in a row without sleeping to take care of that baby and all the responsibilities that come with those joys and the career you step into after you get your degree that requires multiple hours and time and working with people that stress you out. See, the kind of joy that the world gives, it's temporary. It's in a moment. And it's wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I'm so thankful that God allows those moments in our lives. But how do we find some joy in the middle of a pandemic? In the middle of civil unrest in our country? In the middle of uncertainty? Come on, is it really that serious? Like, we got other things to think about, right? No, God is serious about joy. And if you'll hang in here with me, we're going to talk about it this morning. I want you to be just as serious about joy as God is serious about joy, okay? There might be some things, we're going to, you know, we're going to read some really familiar scriptures this morning, but I think you might have missed out on part of it, okay? So let's, let's look at this this morning. Let's dig in. Let me make this point, though. Joy is not something that's based on our circumstances. Real joy is something that's, that is a result of trusting God, of knowing that what it looks like now, it's not always going to look this way. What did God say to us this year? Your future doesn't look like this. And that's what joy comes from because joy is able to look past what's happening right now and see what's down the road. It sounds a lot like hope we've been talking about. I want you this morning to turn to Philippians chapter four, verse four, as we get settled in this morning. And it's okay to say amen from your living room, okay? We want you to be connected. Listen, just because we may be coming to you on a television screen this morning, we're not here to entertain, okay? We're not a show to be watched. The Building Christian Fellowship is a movement. It's not a movie, okay? So we got to be connected. We got to be intentional. I know, you know, my husband and I, we are the connections pastors here. It's our heart that you be connected. But listen, nobody's going to be connected unless they want to be connected, we got to be intentional. You got to do something this morning. So, so like I said, sit up in your bed. You can drink your coffee. It's okay because it'll help you focus, okay? In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I will say rejoice. This is Paul talking to the church. It's not Paul talking to himself to encourage himself, although he could get something out of it too. Paul is talking to the church the same way I'm talking to the church this morning. And I'm telling you, rejoice. Yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through. Does it say rejoice in the Lord sometimes? Does it say rejoice in the Lord when you feel like it, when things are going your way? No, it says always. Paul said always rejoice. 
And this was a time when the church was suffering serious persecution. Does anybody know that we're suffering some persecution right now? And he's still telling us to rejoice. This isn't a time of celebration. He's telling them in the midst of trials and persecution, we are to rejoice. And he's serious about it. It's time to get serious about joy today. So the same way Paul was encouraging those Philippians, it's the same way I'm encouraging you TBCFs or whatever. That sounded bad. You TBCFers. I know, it does sound even worse. No, all of the church, that's what we're here. We're encouraging you today to rejoice despite your circumstances. Yeah, but you don't know, Jenny. Yeah, I don't. I know what I've been through and he's telling me to rejoice If he's telling me to rejoice, I'm telling you to rejoice. Like, that's the thing. It's a little bit contagious. Once you start rejoicing, it's funny how it rubs off on the person next to you. And I know that we're not necessarily next to each other in proximity, but in the spirit, I'm right there with you in the living room telling you rejoice. This is not what your future looks like, guys. Paul wanted the church to rejoice so they could get their minds right, right? When we rejoice, we get our minds back on the thing that we should be focused on instead of being focused on all the the facts or the so-called experts and all the things that they're saying to us over and over again through social media, through the news reports, through our televisions. Everywhere we look, we're being bombarded with information. And it's like, it can be really distracting, right? But when we rejoice, we can't help but think about anything else about other than about how great our God is and how thankful we are that we've been forgiven and that this is not our home anyway. This is not our permanent residence. This is not where we're going to live eternity. This is a moment in time, just a vapor. It's like it's here and it's gone. But when we begin to rejoice, we begin to look at the bigger picture. You know, I remember the days when I used to be able to go to the gym, remember those days when we used to be able to go to a gym and actually be next to another sweaty person and do our workouts together and somehow that encouraged us to see one another? And I would remember a lot of times you'd hear us saying to one another or just saying out loud to ourselves, get your mind right. Like you looked at what the workout is on the board, you haven't even started yet and you're like, How am I going to do that? No, get your mind right. Get focused. That's what we're saying this morning. Rejoice. Get your mind right. I'm so excited to get deeper into this this morning, you guys. We got to get our minds right. We got to engage our minds on the right thing. We were reminded last week by our fearless leader, Pastor John, that we've got a mission to complete. We got to get the band back together, you guys. We got to get the church back together. We got to be on mission. We've got our own mission The only way we can get started is if we get our minds right, get it focused on what it needs to be focused on today. And the way we do that is to rejoice. Rejoicing is not just for celebration time. It's not just for parties. It's not just when you, for times when your team, like the Cowboys, win the game. It's time to rejoice in the middle of persecution, in the middle of a pandemic. Let's take a look at how Jesus, who's our example, right? Let's see how he handled the circumstances that he had to face. Because none of us can say we were facing the circumstances of being beaten and nailed to a cross and being persecuted the way that our Lord and Savior was. And this is how he looked at the circumstances, the trials, and the persecution that he was about to face. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says this. 
looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Did I read that right? He was looking at what he was about to have to do, facing the cross, facing death, and he looked at it with joy. Let's not be silly. Jesus was not celebrating the fact that he was gonna die on a cross. He endured the cross, despised it. He he was looking at what was set before him. Like he was looking beyond the moment. Are we looking, taking the time to look beyond the moment right now and seeing what's ahead of us? Like I said a moment ago, this world, it's not our home. This is not our permanent residence. There is something greater coming ahead of what we're seeing right now. And when Jesus was faced with trials, he faced it with joy because he knew what was coming after the persecution. He knew what was coming after the death. And that thrilled him. It's gonna be better later. It's gonna be better later. What's coming later? Do you know what's coming later, church? I mean, I feel like some of us have been so wrapped up and so fixated on what's happening right now that we're forgetting about later. Like we just, we gotta get through this right now to get to what's coming later. Here's the spoiler alert, all right? Maybe your football team is playing right now or while you've been sitting in church, but you already know that your team won the game, right? That's what's happening. You've probably heard this church or this analogy in church all your life. We win. The victory is ours. Jesus already overcame the world. When you know that your team is going to win the game, you're not worried about it when you see the quarterback fumble the ball. You're not worried about the turnovers. You're not worried about the score. Maybe you're behind right now because you know in the end you're going to have your team wins. Our team wins, you guys. We're not losing this battle. I mean, we, it might look a certain way right now. We might be behind. It might be 21 to zero with 10 minutes left in the game. But we're going to score more than three touchdowns because we're going to win the game. We win this. Stop looking and being focused on what's right now. If you need to rejoice, rejoice. Get your mind right. Rejoice because we know the outcome. We're not rejoicing because people are sick. We're not rejoicing because people have lost loved ones. We're not rejoicing because there's so much division in our country right now. What we're rejoicing is about is that once we get through this, what's ahead of it? We got to go through this first to get to the victory though. We might be behind in the game right now, but we're going to come out ahead You know, I've been thinking a lot, and you've heard me mention it already this morning. I've been thinking a lot this week about how this is not our home. And the problem is, is that what this pandemic is doing by limiting us in the things that we can do and then some of the enjoyments that we're used to enjoying, like what it's doing is, in me at least, it's exposing the things, um, it's exposing how much I've been attached to the things of this world for my pleasure for my entertainment, for my escape. 
And don't get me wrong, I'm not up here preaching that movies are bad or that vacations are bad or any of that. This morning, what I'm saying is that I don't want to be too attached to this world because I'm not going to be here for long. And I don't want the temporary joys that this world has to offer. I mean, I want the real thing. I want the real thing. I want the real joy that that you're talking about this morning, Jenny, that never goes away that keeps me grounded, that keeps my mind right. If we're going to complete the mission, we got to stay focused. And one of the ways we do that is by rejoicing. I love this. We've got to stop being fixated on the state of our world and fix our eyes on Jesus. We got to stop being so fixated on the news and on the television and what everybody around us is saying and fix our eyes on Jesus. You know, a lot of people, because they're so fixated on all the information that's, that we're, I'm one of them. Like, it's hard sometimes because it's just there in your face all the time. But it's like in that moment when I start to get depressed, when I start to get down because of all the negativity surrounding us, I realize I'm looking down when I'm down. And when I'm down and looking down, I can't look what's ahead. And I can't look what's beyond I can't look up, but the Bible tells us in Psalms 121, verses one and two, I will lift my eyes up to the hills from where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. If I'm too busy looking down, I can't look up. And he's telling us this morning, why do you think he calls us, why do they think that we call Jesus the lifter of our head? Have you seen that, uh, is it GIF or GIF? I never remember the proper way to say it. Okay, the GIF GIF, the GIF GIF, whatever. Where you're walking around and I need these kinds of friends in my life where the other basketball players lifting the other basketball players' head up. That's what Jesus is. That's what the Holy Spirit is to us right now. Like, oh, lift your head up. Look up. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Rejoice. It's gonna remind you how good God is, how big God is, how strong God is, how able God is. I mean, you think coronavirus is strong. I mean, it's nothing compared to the Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our King, our warrior. That's who we serve. I'm not serving coronavirus, okay? I'm not serving division. I'm not serving the negativity in this world. I'm serving Jesus, and my eyes are fixed. I'm looking up to where my help comes from because it's not coming from down here. It's not looking right here in front of a screen. My help is up here, So I'm not going to be fixated on the state of this world right now. I'm going to be fixing my eyes on Jesus. (laughs) You know, we have a choice. We have a choice every day who we're going to serve. And we need to make that choice, be intentional about who we're going to serve. Choose ye this day. But listen, we have another choice. And we can choose to endure the next coming months like We can choose to endure the rest of 2020 as if something magical is going to happen on January 1st, 2021, when we flip the calendar page. We don't know how long this is all going to last. And we can choose to put our heads down and sit on the couch and not go anywhere and just endure it, grit our teeth. And like, I just, I could, eh. like their dentist is working on your tooth or something. And I'm like, I I can grit it and bear, grit, you know, uh, just barely hang on. And because I know he's going to be done soon. Or we can choose to enjoy this season that we're in. Like you have the choice. Joy is not something dictated to you by your circumstances. You have a choice to rejoice today. I have a choice to walk in joy today. 
John chapter 10, verse 10, another familiar scripture in the Amplified. It reads like this. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came, Jesus is saying this, I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Did you know that Jesus did more than just forgive us when he died on the cross? He did more than just make a way for us to get to heaven. He died so that we could have and enjoy our lives here on this earth. It's something he takes very seriously. He gave his life for it. And we're walking around as if joy is just like a nice thing to have once in a while. No, we need it. We need joy, you guys. He knew we would need joy in order to complete the mission. I'm going to show you how and why. John chapter 16, verse 33. It says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He's talking, funny how he uses joy and things like good cheer when he's talking to people that are facing trials and persecution. That's when, he, that's when we need it most. And here we're thinking, I'm okay, I just need to get through this. No, I need some joy so I'll have some strength to complete the mission. Yes, yes. If you're feeling weak today, it's because you don't have enough joy. We're going to talk about it in just a second. James 1, verses 2 through 4 in the NLT. Another set of scriptures you're familiar with. We're familiar with all these scriptures, except we're kind of leaving out the joy part. As if it's not important. If, any, if God put it in his word, it's important. It's something for us to pay attention to. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Anybody facing any troubles right now? Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Like we've got to go through these times in order for our faith to grow, for our endurance to grow. Verse four, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. That's why we've got to go through it. That's why you got to get, if you want to be strong, that's why you got to lift some weights. You're not going to get strong all by yourself just sitting there on the couch eating potato chips. I know. I'm not going to get strong just sitting on the couch eating the ice cream. Like, I got to lift something heavy. And that's what we're doing right now in the spiritual realm. We're lifting something heavy right now. And you can do it. Get your mind right and rejoice. You can do it. Because it's not you in your own strength. Why do we need to get serious about joy? The title of this message is, it's time to get serious about joy, okay? Why do we need to get serious about joy? Number one, strength is a byproduct of joy. All of us sitting around thinking that we're weak and we're tired and I'm depressed and I'm sad and I'm, yes, we are all those things because of the things that are happening in this world. But if you're gonna have any strength to continue on in this mission of yours, you're going to need some joy. Joy is a byproduct, or strength, I'm sorry, is a byproduct of joy. Nehemiah chapter 8, 
verse 10, it says, don't be dejected and sad for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Can anybody relate with feeling dejected and sad and depressed and down? Yeah, it's really tempting in this world that we're living in right now to feel all those things. It's totally normal, totally natural. Don't worry about it. Everybody has felt those same emotions during this pandemic. But let me remind you today, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And if you're needing some joy, you better rejoice today and be glad. I've got three points this morning, and that was the first one. Strength is a byproduct of joy, because I've heard that when you do a message, you got to have points involved, okay? Number two is Jesus paid a great price for us to have joy. Like when someone gives you something really valuable, it would be really, I can't think of the word, it would be not nice to not use what they've given you. If someone has given you something that's of great price, we better put it to use. And we read in John 10, 10, that he died that we might have have and enjoy this life to the fullest. Jesus paid a great price for us. That's why it's important that we get serious about joy. And number three, you need joy to complete the mission. If we don't look at these trials like we read about in James chapter one, If we don't look at these as opportunities for great joy, then we won't give it the opportunity to build our endurance and build our faith so that we can get over this to the other side where the victory is. You're not gonna win a weightlifting contest without lifting some weights, okay? And being diligent about it and doing it consistently. Every day, we're gonna have to get up and be consistent about rejoicing, Every moment, more than one time a day, when we're getting bombarded with news, when we're feeling dejected and sad, we're going to have to learn to train ourselves to rejoice in the midst of it. You know, a bodybuilder doesn't um, quit when they're tired or feeling weak. They get up and they do it again. And we're going to have to get up and do it again because tomorrow we're going to face It's like Groundhog's Day around here, y'all. Like every day we're getting up and seeing the same thing and doing the same thing every day and it gets redundant and it gets mundane, but we're gonna have to get redundant about our praise and and consistent and intentional about rejoicing in every moment of every day. It says to rejoice always, Paul said. Always. Not just when we feel like it, not just when things are good in our lives, but when things are hard. We've got to learn to rejoice. It's time to get serious about joy. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 8, it says this. I love it how it starts. So be truly glad. I love the adjectives that the Bible uses. He didn't just say be glad, like be truly glad, because a lot of us are good fakers at being glad. We know how to put the church face on. We know how to put the smile on. And don't, he wants you to be truly glad, not faking it glad. And if he's telling us to do it, there must really be a way for us to be glad even in moments like this. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Remember looking past what's happening now? The joy is ahead of us, but we're not gonna see it if we're looking down. Even though you must endure many trials, doesn't it feel Like 2020 is the year of trial after trial. There's many of them, but look at this, for a little while. Some of us think that five months or six months is forever. 
You know, I haven't seen a, haven't been to a movie theater in six months. I'm used to going every six days, you know. We think it's forever. It's only been five, six months, guys. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. We forget sometimes that there's things more precious than than money and things. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, many trials again, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor. That sounds like joy to me on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Verse eight, you love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him. That's where joy comes from, in trusting God. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. I love that. Inexpressible. We can't express it because we can't explain it. I can't explain to you. I can't express the joy that keeps my feet planted on the ground every day, that gets me out of bed in the morning regardless of how I feel. I can't explain why there's still a smile on my face even though you know maybe I've lost my job or I'm sick or I've lost a loved one, but there's still a smile on my face. I can't explain that kind of joy because the world didn't give it to me. And the world can't take it away from me either. I used to say that in church a lot. The world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. But it's true. We've lost hold of some of these truths. If my joy is not attached to anything of this world, then there's nothing that can happen in this world that could take my joy away from me. That's good news this morning. And as I close this out this morning, I don't want to sound insensitive today because... The reality is people have lost loved ones during this season, maybe not even to, not just to COVID. I mean, there's other things you can die from still happening in this world. There's still cancer. There's still car accidents. There's still lots of other things happening. So no one is here this morning trying to minimize your pain or minimize your suffering. In this world, you're going to have trouble. Maybe up to this point, you haven't experienced much trouble. Now it's your turn. Like, we live in a broken and fallen world. These things are going to happen. But the key for us who believe this morning, there's a couple of things. One is that we need to look and see and study what our leader, Jesus, our example, what he did when he was facing persecution and unimaginable trials that we can't even under, begin to understand, even in the midst of a pandemic. Jesus looked beyond the cross and he saw the victory and he saw everything that came with it. He saw his heavenly family. He saw all the kids, all his brothers and sisters coming back to be together, united as a family. I see the church just in this moment coming back together as a family. We just got to get through this season. There is wonderful joy ahead. And I'm here to remind you this morning, there is wonderful joy ahead of you. There's wonderful joy. I love it. He even describes the joy as wonderful, as if joy doesn't already just define itself as wonderful. It's like, it's going to be wonderful, 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 wonderful joy. Even if it means leaving this world and going on to the next 
Like, what if things never get better? Well, the world is going to come to an end. I'm not saying it's coming to an end right now or tomorrow or next week. But you have the reassurance of knowing this is not your home. You're only renting this place, okay? You don't own this place. It's not your permanent residence. Our our permanent residence is in heaven, where I'm going to give you some good news right now. There is no shortage of joy. The joy is going to run out here on this earth. And if your joy and your happiness and your contentment in life is attached to what's happening in this world, I'm sorry today I don't have the hope to give you other than to say you need to fix your eyes on Jesus instead of fixating on the world. Because in Jesus, there's wonderful joy ahead. We win the game, even if we're down right now. Even if someone just threw an interception. The time for us looking to outside things, worldly things, to bring us contentment and entertainment and pleasure and joy, that time is ending. It's coming to an end. But man, there's no shortage of joy in heaven. There's no shortage of joy in the presence of God. When I know that this place is not my permanent residence, I won't worry about what's happening around here because even if it means I have to leave this world, it just means I'm going to end up with Jesus. Our life is but a vapor anyway. When we get to heaven, we're not going to be sad about the fact that we left earth. There's going to be no more tears. There's going to be no more crying. There's going to be no more pain. It's going to be a joy that we cannot explain or express And we get to have a little piece of that here on this earth. Jesus paid for it already. Don't worry about it. It's already covered. You can have joy today despite your circumstances, despite what you're going through in this moment. There is wonderful joy to be had. Real joy doesn't come from anything in this world. It comes from a heavenly place. It's found in the presence of God. And do you know we have direct access to that very presence no matter what time of day it is? no matter where we're at, no matter what's happening around us, we have access to his presence. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. See what I mean? There's no shortage. It's never gonna run out. The pleasure forevermore, the joy, there's fullness of it, meaning there's nothing missing. It's always going to be there. Do you know what forever means? It means forever. There's no end. It's limitless. And you might be wondering, okay, sounds good, but how do I get to that presence? How do I get to the presence of God? You know, we're not able to come together in church. I'm used to experiencing some things when I come together and sit in blue chairs with a bunch of other people that are also praising and worshiping God. I feel the presence of God, but I'm at home alone or I'm at home dealing with kids who haven't been able to leave the house for months at a time. You know, I'm at home dealing with the dishes every day, dealing with the laundry every day, trying to work full time, trying to do distance learning with my kids all the time. I can't get to a church building where I know I've experienced the presence of the Lord. I'm here today to encourage you. The presence of the Lord is wherever you are. If you have the the living God living on the inside of you, you have access to his presence. Psalms 100 verse 4, it says, enter into his gates 
You want to get to where Jesus lives? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. You want to go to Jesus's house for a while? Do you know the way in? I know the gate code, you guys. It's Thanksgiving. I know the way to get close to him is through praise. And that's not something that we have to do in a church building. That's not something we have to do with other people around us. It's not needing a worship leader or a worship team. That is not what we need to get to the presence of God. Sure, it helps. Sure, it's nice. But that's the kind of thing that we don't have to have to get to where the presence of God is. But we do have to be intentional about it. We do have to make the decision that I will rejoice I will bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is in is within me. I will bless his holy name. Even if I don't feel like it, I'm going to remember all the good things that you've done for me in the past, how you saved me, how you rescued me, how you restored me, how you set me free, Jesus. And I will bless you. I will enter your gates with thanksgiving. I may not have everything I want, but I have everything that I need. Some of us are so focused on the things that we've lost that we've forgotten about what still remains. Listen, there's going to be a shaking and we're going to lose some things when it happens because anybody and anything that's not attached to Jesus can and will be shaken And in that process, we might lose friends. We might lose loved ones. We might lose finances. We might lose jobs. We might lose things. But none of those things gave me the joy that I have on the inside of me. So I can still rejoice. It's serious. I know you would think that a a message about joy would be full of laughter. Would be full of jokes. But listen, God is serious about this joy. And it's not just an emotion or a feeling of euphoria. Because those things come and go. Feelings don't last. But Jesus is forever. And his joy, it lasts forevermore. His pleasures are forevermore. And all we got to do is get to where he is. And the thing that takes us, the vehicle that takes us from here to his presence is worship. It's praise. It's adoration. It's getting our minds right and focused on the right thing, the eternal things. This world is not our home. I don't want to be too attached to the things here anymore. There is something greater ahead. This world has nothing to offer. It's a counterfeit. It's temporary. I want the eternal things. Anybody else with me this morning? Hallelujah. Lord, we're so thankful for your word today. God, your word that changes and sets us free. Hallelujah. Wherever you're at this morning, would you stand to your feet? And I want us to take just a minute and give God some praise so that we can enter into the very presence of God where there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. God, we love you this morning. We rejoice in this day because it's the day that you've given us, Lord. We love you. We bless you. There is no like you God and you are deserving of our praise and I don't care who hears me I don't care how foolish I might look today God because I need some of that joy that's found in your presence God because I've been weak and I need to be strengthened today and I know that the joy of the Lord is my strength I'm not looking to the things of this world I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus you 
trust in the one who is able to do all things. Thank you, Jesus, for being our example. Thank you for showing us to look at these trials as opportunities for great joy and to not be discouraged. God, we're leaving discouragement behind. I come against the spirit of discouragement and depression and dejectedness and sadness and grief and sorrow right now. I come against it in the name of Jesus and I pray, God, that you would replace every depression with joy, God, that you would replace every sadness with gladness, God, everyone who's mourning with joy today, God. I just thank you for the joy of the Lord that is strengthening your church, God, so that we can complete the mission that you've given us, God. This life that we're living in this world it's not about us anyway God it's about you it's about your kingdom it's about your heart for your children to restore them into fellowship with you again God and we thank you Lord that we will be your church and we will complete the mission and we'll do it with joy so that when people see us they see a smile on our face and they wonder what's so different and we might be not be able to explain it to them but we can tell them about this Jesus This Jesus who rescued us and restored us and who we have our confidence in and we know and trust that there's wonderful things ahead of us, God, that our future doesn't look like this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, we don't want to just be hearers of your word only, God, but help us from this moment forward, God, to go forth and be doers of your word. We thank you for your grace that's being poured out upon your many churches in our community, in our state, in our nation, and in our world, God. We're nothing without you. So we just say right now, we're fully reliant upon you and have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Hallelujah. That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.